Well, howdy, campers. Oh. What What are you doing, buddy? Do Do you Do you need You look so pale. Do you, Do you, Do you need some sunscreen? No, Nick. We are inside. Okay. Do Do you need Do you need some snacks, bud? You want some nah, snacks? I'm I'm alright. I'm alright. You need this knife. It's dangerous out in these parts, buddy. Welcome to the Too Bad We Didn't Get the Cars podcast. I'm your co-host, David Kabushi Cars. And, uh... We are, uh, joined by, once again, by Vanessa. Our lovely co-host. Um, I'm Nick Scarpin Auto, and here with us today, uh, we have a 2015... Yeah. Honda... No. Mazda... No. Ford Chrysler GT 300 Chrysler 2015 Chrysler 300 300 um, As you can see I am uh, all camped out and ready to go because it is summertime it's precisely the middle of summer we are halfway through July by the time this comes out it'll be a little bit past that but bless you thank you but the, the point the point still stands. We um, don't have much of summer left, honestly. Well, I mean, if we were in school, we would... Come on, stop. Don't make that face. I don't want summer to be over already. <laughs> well, Damn I mean, if we, were, if we were still in school, I think it would be a little bit more dramatic because we would be going back to school in like the middle of August or whatever. But the reason why summer almost being over is cool, a couple of things. One, we get closer to our birthdays. October. That's kind of a big deal. Uh, two, we get closer to, like, sweater weather and fall and, like, chillier days and Halloween and, like, the best holidays ever. Come on, man. You're gonna, you're gonna tell me that the period between Halloween and, and New Year's Eve is not the best... Okay, well, December kind of sucks, but... But I haven't swam yet. I didn't swim last year either. I haven't swam yet either. Damn it. You know what we got to do? I we we're gonna go up to Michigan because I have not taken you up to Michigan yet. Anyone who is familiar with the New Buffalo area in Michigan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I gotta take you to Cherry Beach, buddy, and we 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 gotta we gotta go we gotta go to either Redimax or the Stray Dog because everyone in the Chicagoland area seems to have Stray Dog merch where it's just a f scruffy dog and. It's a restaurant with like a patio and it's like looking out on the beach and it's like on this like pier, like walkway. Oh, dude. What? That's where we went for the bachelor party. I've been there. You've been to the Stray Dog? Yes. So On the beach by the pier. Yeah. So like you saw, you saw the, like the ice cream, like Nancy's across the street and like there are a couple of like gift shops. Uh-huh. With like inflatables on the outside and... That's where I got my pirate ship. I just learned about the pirate ship today. <laughs> I bought a pirate ship from New Buffalo, Michigan. Yeah, how many people can you fit on it? Oh, uh, like three. It's this, it's this big. <laughs> uh, so the Wasp, Ant-Man, and um... Yellow Jacket. Those are the three. Those are the three people you can fit on the ship. Remember how brutally Yellow Jacket died? Yeah, one of the worst deaths in the MCU. Fucking crazy. Fucking crazy. You're blowing up. Are you? Do you want to take that? I think just my band chat. <laughs> I mean, you could you could take you can you know you can answer those. No, nah, that's fine. That's no, fine. 
Okay. Do you want your... Oh, I got it over here. Oh, okay. Boy, have I had an interesting week. Tell us about it, Holy David. shit, do I have updates. Tell us about your interesting... Oh, right! Yeah, I, I know about some of these updates, right? Oh, uh, you know about both of them. Because on the same day, on the same day, I A, got approved for my internship, mm -hmm. which uh, ends on my birthday. Oh, shit! So it's at three weeks. Happy birthday. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, I get to drive up to Chicago from nine to five. So, I get to deal with that fun traffic for a couple months. And, yeah. and the best part is I drive east to get there, so I have the sun beating down on me. Mm. And then I drive west coming back, so and sun. I again have the sun beating on me. I mean, because in the summertime in the Midwest, the sun doesn't go down until like... At least for week. now. At least for now. Because in two weeks from today... I am moving to my condo. David's moving! Ow, ow! Yep. Yep, the same He's day. the fuck out of here. <laughs> same day I got the call like, hey, congratulations, you got the condo. Yeah. And it's kind of hella nice, not going to lie. Yeah? And I fully plan to have, like, the main room be like a studio. Sure. So I'm going to have, like, all my instruments... Oh, the main all, room? All the music stuff. Yeah. Sure. All of our music posters along the walls. Sure, absolutely. It's going to be legit. It's going to yeah. be legit. Um, I don't even know if it would be feasible uh, to... to. Because I, I know we have all the recording stuff here, but I, I do think it would be cool to, to, to get some footage in the, you know, in the condo at some point. Yeah, once it's actually done. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, I think that's the dream for, like, content creators is to have, like, a space specifically for your content, you know? And it's, like, even... Like, there are so many YouTubers and, like, people on TikTok that do sort of commentary stuff where their videos look really professional. Like, you know, they, they got everything, like, squared out in their, you know... So it's, like, specific thing goes here and, like, the camera angle is the same every time because the camera just, like, sits there. Um... But, like, it's just in a room, you know, that's dedicated to that. They have, like, a green screen in there. So it's like, oh, I'm going to go make a video. You yeah. just go into the room. Um, here, it's my bedroom. Uh, no. You know, it's not that professional. But I digress. Um, congratulations, pal, on the internship and the new condo. Big, big life steps for you. And I'm very proud of you. And you should be, too. He's a great guy. And he deserves all the good things that are coming his way. Including, but not limited to, uh, our really lucky Dokkan summons, uh, like a week ago, yep. two weeks ago. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar, Dragon Ball Z, uh, we did an episode on this mobile game called Dokkan Battle, where it's basically just a glorified, like, crane machine game, where there are characters in the game that you can only get, you know, when they come around and they're released in certain windows. Well, it just celebrated its seventh anniversary, and we're kind of in the middle of that celebration, and they put out... Two really good uh, characters, and we woke up the morning that they were released, and we summoned uh, at the same time, and we got both of the characters that we wanted. Um, at the same time. At the same time. Um, and so eventually I'm going to edit and release that video. I don't care if it's like not timely enough, but this cele celebration is going to go on until August. Like, we got plenty of time. Um, so there's that. Um, condo. Internship, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know, man. What else? We got some. Yeah. There, there, there are plenty of fun things. Uh, Stranger Things just ended. Um, I started watching Stranger Things from season one because I haven't caught up. Uh, and David and I just finished it. Yeah, and one of the reasons why I wanted to catch up with it was one, like my roommate started watching it, uh, and it seems like anything anyone's talking about on TikTok at the moment is just Stranger Things. But also, uh, the character Eddie Munson um, plays Master of Puppets in the last episode of season four. And the coolest part about that is, I'm trying to think of the last time that, maybe with like the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, or, I mean, same thing with Kate Bush and Running Up That Hill, but there are certain cultural events and shows and movies and stuff that re-release and re-expose older music or video games or cultural trends to a newer generation or multiple new generations. And I can't tell you how many people I've seen that are like under the age of 20 that are now talking about Metallica. Like, it's, it's fucking awesome. It's so cool because like, I don't know, man. I we were just talking about like how bands kind of like phase out of relevancy, you know, or relevance. And uh, Metallica is never going to be one of those bands. And I'm realize it took me it took me this whole event to realize that Metallica is always going to be popular. They are always going to be the metal band. Yeah, it's crazy because like I mean, metal is literally in their name. Um, <laughs> but no, I uh, I watch a, a movie guy. Uh, Sean Chandler, any mm. um, talk. He made a video on you know Stranger Things, and like he was like, yeah, leave in the comments if like you were exposed to Metallica in this episode. And so many people were like, yeah, me, I just discovered them. I saw someone was like, I knew Metallica, but I've never heard Master of Puppets. I'm yeah. like, what the hell? How is That's that even nuts. possible? Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes it because if you think about it, Enter Sandman is like. If you, th you know, not that they're one-hit wonders, but if you think about, like, one song from every major artist, like Journey's got Don't Stop Believin', Bon Jovi's got Living on a Prayer, I would say, like, Metallica has two sides of it, one for, like, the general public, and two for, like, metalheads. Like, if you don't listen to Metallica, but you're a metalhead, you know Master of Puppets. And if you're just, like, a regular person, you know Enter Sandman. Because uh, Enter Sandman's been in a lot of things, but... yeah. Yeah, man, and apparently the actor that plays Eddie Munson actually knows how to play that on guitar. So, like, when they were filming that, that was, like, his actual, like, feed from the guitar is, like, playing Master of Puppets. Um, nice. So, yeah, good for him, man. Um, I definitely got a, I got a lot to catch up on, um, but I started season one again recently. Yeah, because season four is, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. It's so long. Yeah, well, and I'm sure... Um, I know there's going to be a season five, so we may or may not, I mean, that's going to be 2023. Are we still going to be doing the podcast in 2023? I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so too. I mean, cause there are a couple of podcasts that I watch that are like episode 300 something. And I'm like, that's insane. That's like multiple years. Um, we could do that. We could do that. But yeah, so I think, I think Stranger Things is going to end up being one of those that we that we talk about Barry hopefully is a show that we talk about because David started Barry uh, Breaking Bad is a show that we're gonna talk about because already did no we we we, we kind of covered we, it yeah we touched Better Call oh yeah Better Call Saul started again yeah and first episode another character gone it's like damn man that sucks dude. Um, yeah, so there's there's a lot of stuff going on, and I have to keep reminding myself, 
every time that we feel like we're not, we're like, we don't have content for the podcast, I'm reminded that like, there's plenty of, there's plenty of stuff out there. It's just games. Games were, were kind of running. Games were running out of, we kind of played around with the idea of like, shifting our focus to like retro games, uh, because a lot of retro games you can beat in a shorter amount of time. Um, cause there's, you know, for every Persona 5, there's like 10 OG Legend of Zeldas or like Contra or whatever, where like the games aren't super long, but they do have really difficult parts of the games to incentivize, you know, people like actually playing them. Um, so, you know, we might, we might do that. Uh, we might just, cause it's unlike music and unlike movies or TV shows, like it's so much harder to commit yourself to like beating a game, you know, cause like with a movie or a show, like you can put that shit on in the background or like, you know, you don't have to pay full attention to, obviously like you want to, you want it to grab your attention if it's good and if you like it, but with a video game, you have to be present. You have to be like playing it, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's why it's a little tougher. So like, you know, I, we still have... I, I think we still have stuff to talk about as far as video games go, um, but you know we haven't we haven't hit the bottom of the barrel yet, buddy. Hell yeah. Uh, speaking of the bottom of the barrel, um, <laughs> no, not speaking of, but we had a couple of fun topics today. Um, we're gonna start with uh, Ms. Marvel, which David didn't watch, but the only important part of the the series that you have to see as like a Marvel fan. Uh, we watched together, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. I watched the show, and um, we'll talk about my, my thoughts on that. Um, bon Jovi. We're, we're talking Bon Jovi today. Um, I don't know. We've been talking about 80s artists for, like, the past couple of weeks. Yeah. I think that's that's going to be a, a, a trend moving forward, too. Um, and then uh, we're going to talk about Super Mario Odyssey, because that's one of the few games recently that we both beaten uh and can and haven't talked about on the podcast yet yes indeed yes indeed um yeah man so um the state of the mcu is in a really weird spot at the moment because much like in the comic continuity you start much like the mcu did introducing heroes one at a time and then building up to these big 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 crossover events and we had the luxury of not really knowing what to expect with the first saga of the the Infinity Saga of the MCU. So every movie that came out was building to something and was very, very exciting. Even when it wasn't really building to much, like in the first Iron Man movie, when the only bit of crossover you got was the Samuel L. Jackson cameo at the end. And then we have Infinity War and Endgame and the big payoff moments that result in, in levels of hype unknown to the human brain until that very moment that you were within and experiencing that event. Uh, but again, like the comics, once you have a big crossover event like that, you have to start at the beginning all over again because you can't just go from one big crossover event to another. It kind of diminishes the excitement and the hype of it all. But movie audiences aren't used to that, and now that we have Disney Plus shows in the mix, it kind of makes the whole activity of keeping up with the MCU that much more tiring, because 
it's a lot less exciting at the moment than leading up to Infinity War, and there's a lot more to cover. So if a show or a movie doesn't particularly interest you, it's a lot harder to convince audiences to pay attention to every single thing. So with Ms. Marvel, I would say this is, what, the first show that you said pass for? Yes. Yeah. Um, why is that? Was it just oh, like... Only because it's just... It's, it's too much at this point. Like at this point, especially since I was already watching Stranger Things, yeah, which is a gauntlet in in of itself. That's true. And I was like, I'll see what people are saying about Miss Marvel, and it's the same thing. It's okay. Yeah. Like every single Marvel show has been just okay. Yeah. Or just boring. Some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like, I'm I'm not gonna bother. Yeah. Honestly, I have better things to do now. Which is which is fair because I feel like I feel like when you get to a certain point like this. What I found in the MCU in Phase 4 so far is that there's a lot more creative freedom, at least at least to, to a larger extent than there were in past phases. Like, sure, there's still a tendency to end different shows and movies and stuff with very similar, you know, the same way that, like, the one criticism of the MCU was that every movie had to end with a big sky beam. You know, and it's like, yeah, there's still a little bit of that in the MCU now. Um, but like Multiverse of Madness was a Sam Raimi film and Love and Thunder is a Taika Waititi film for better or for worse. And there's a lot less emphasis on continuity and, and crossover with other known properties and stuff like that. And Ms. Marvel is the same way. I liked Ms. Marvel, and I, I don't know where I would rank it in my Disney Plus ranking, but I was telling David earlier, I think I enjoyed it overall a little bit more than Moon Knight. I think it kind of ties with Moon Knight, in my opinion, but um, the thing that kind of makes it stand out is, one, it follows uh, Kamala Khan, who is the first um, Pakistani hero in the MCU and like in the comics I'm pretty sure too um so that's very cool as far as like representation goes um and then also it's another we haven't seen this in a really long time but it's a hero in high school and she's younger um and she's just figuring out what her powers are because like we've had like Kate Bishop in the MCU and we've seen you know Florence Pugh as Yelena forget what her last name in the MCU is. I, I don't know. I just call her Yelena? Yelena? Um, I'm sorry. Flo, I love you. Um, but uh, we haven't seen a hero, like, start to get good, you know, with training sequences, with their new powers and stuff like that. So that was a refreshing kind of take on this. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like I enjoyed it for the most part. There were definitely some parts that like dragged and there were some emotional beats that didn't always hit, but yeah, there were some moments that made me tear up a little bit and there were some moments that got me hype. Um, and spoilers for Ms. Marvel, I guess, if, if you haven't seen it, but um, yeah, she gets to say Embiggen in the last episode and you get to see her really like use her powers in a substantial way past like the, the you know smaller ways that she'd been using it in the show up until that point. You get to see, like, the different phases of her costume. Uh, you get to see Avengers Con in the first episode, which is a big plot point in the Avengers game, which I played through, like, last year. Um, and, uh, 
Yeah, and I think I think the the supporting cast is is really fun too. Like particularly, I like the dad, and I like uh, her brother. I think I think her brother is like my favorite character in the show. Um, he's just so funny, and um, and yeah. But you know, things that like I didn't really like. Uh, and sorry if this seems a little one sided, but I think this is like the first like since Breaking Bad like show or movie that like only one of us has like seen. Um, so you know, it's mostly. Sorry if it's mostly me talking. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, as far as things that I didn't like, I think, um, there was a, there was a whole, like, episode of backstory, which I, it is important to the plot, um, but it introduces characters that, um, I don't know, I, I was definitely, like, on my phone for most of that episode, and I think the CG, uh, you, you can tell that, like, the Disney Plus show budget for CG isn't as high as the uh, as the movie's budget, at least at this point. Um, I think the way that they changed Kamala's powers from the comics is basically just a big F you to the Inhumans as a concept. They, I mean, so the Inhumans, um, there's a really interesting backstory as far as how, like why the MCU and why Marvel is treating the the Inhumans the way that they are at this point. So, um, yeah, the Inhumans in the comics are very much like mutants, where there's like, you know, they they aren't like given superpowers, uh, like you know, super soldier serum or like you know whatever. But they're like born with these powers in the comics. They they get them from like the Terrigen Mist, uh, and they're regular humans, and then they develop powers through that. But the Inhumans as far as I know, are like aliens and, you know, Black Bolt is the king of the Inhumans and they made a show on ABC which tanked and did not do very well. Um, but in the comics, there was a huge, I guess, uh, not war, but um, when Fox still owned the rights to X-Men, Marvel as a company was like, okay, well, if you're going to make money off of this property, we're going to stop making the X-Men comics we're going to stop making X-Men toys. We're going to stop including X-Men in, like, all of the games and stuff. Just to kind of, like, get at Fox for owning those characters and making so much money off of them. Uh, and eventually, it got to a point where Marvel kind of tried to replace the X-Men with the Inhumans because their, their, um, their role in the comics were kind of similar. Like, similar enough. And, uh... Copy my homework, just change a little bit so, uh, <laughs> you won't notice. Yeah, right. So, like, you know, um... So they were really pushing the Inhumans and kind of phasing out the X-Men. Uh, and then they just bought Fox. So now, in a cruel twist of irony, they're undoing a lot of the focus that has been set on the Inhumans now that they have mutants back. So in this show... Kamala Khan is not an inhuman like she is in the comics, but instead she's a, a mutant. And we can confirm that it is the X-Men type of mutant because the moment that her friend, uh, I think his name is Bruno, because one character in the show keeps calling him Brian, <laughs> like the whole show, they, he calls him Brian and he's like, my name's Bruno, man. Like, I feel... <laughs> <laughs> but Bruno is like the the friend and he's like very smart and he's going to Caltech and he, you know and so he discovers that uh, her genes 
aren't like her families in that there is a mutation. And when he says mutation, the X-Men theme that they played in Multiverse of Madness when Doc, or when Professor X showed up, the -na 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 -na, plays when he mentions mutation. So it, it confirms that, sh that mutants are in the MCU, like, and not just a part of the Illuminati, um, but they, they are in the MCU, and Kamala Khan is a mutant, not an inhuman. So between that and basically, like, murdering Black Bolt and Inhuman, I mean, they murder Professor X too, but, like, Black Bolt basically gets nothing to do in Multiverse of Madness. It's basically like Marvel, like, the MCU is, like, flipping off Inhumans and trying to replace them with mutants and, like, hype up mutants again. So, aside from being a mutant, there's also a post credit scene where I could... It was filmed by the crew that's filming The Marvels, like the Captain Marvel sequel, uh, Brie Larson shows up because Kamala's banglet, uh, bangle, yeah, ba uh, bangle, I think, her wristband, starts freaking out, and then she warps out of space and in-warps Brie Larson, and she sees Kamala's room that has a bunch of, like, Captain Marvel paraphernalia around, and so she starts freaking out, and she's like, oh, no, 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 you know, um, and that's it. So I can guarantee that's going to be in the Captain Marvel movie um, and maybe a plot point of the next movie is going to be this found family theme where, you know, Kamala Khan meets uh, Carol Danvers finally and then, what is it, Monica Rambeau? Because I think Maria is the mom. Yeah, Monica. Yeah. Monica is probably going to be swept up in this, you know, whooshing in and out of space um, and they all find each other and become the Marvels. So, um, overall, I think it's I think it's a fine show. Um, I definitely think it's like if you're not a big Ms. Marvel fan, or if you don't have the time to really commit to watching, you know, the whole show, then at least like watch the, the last bit because uh, that's what's going to have significance like moving forward. In within the the entire continuity of the MCU, so um, mutants and uh, Captain Marvel's back. So good stuff. I'm sorry, we're having really big problems with this microphone cable. Yeah, as you can hear right now, the mic is kind of uh, clipping, and it was doing so well. I have to sit perfectly still. Yeah, just like this. Anyway, we're talking about John Bon Jovi. <laughs> Yeah, and I wanted to talk about Bon Jovi specifically because in episode three of Miss Marvel, so we find out that her mom is a big Bon Jovi fan, and so for the brother's wedding, they hire a Bon Jovi cover band, uh, but because the bad guys have to show up to the wedding and start wrecking shit, there's a whole action sequence set to, I'm pretty sure it's Living on a Prayer, and it's really fun, and I really like the choreography and everything, but it got me thinking, what about Bon Jovi? Uh, is, is that... I feel like it's a band that everyone knows because there are a couple of really popular songs from the 80s and then they mellowed out and they kind of fell off the edge of obscurity, uh, which is a cool name for a metal album. So write that down. Edge of obscurity. You're not writing anything down. I can't move. Nah, that's fair. <laughs> um, so... I wanted to talk about Bon Jovi, but specifically, like, the trend that happens with old 80s bands when 
they start getting older and they stop being able to perform the way that they used to and shift their musical styles because it happens with a lot of bands that we that we had listened to on like old radio stations like old rock radio stations like 97.9 the loop or uh <laughs> i don't think the drive really played a whole lot of classic rock but it was just the shit that we were listening to in middle school. Yeah. You know? Um, so, before we even dive into the, the life of Bon Jovi, do you have any thoughts about, like, their music in general? I mean, it's... I've never met, like, a big fan. Mm. You know? Like, who the hell out there is like, John Bon Jovi for life! Getting tattoos. I mean, of course there's people out there, but it's like... It's just one of those bands where it's like... Yeah, I'll just get the greatest hits, I guess. Yeah. Bonus Mom Amber? I mean, my, my dad had Slippery One Wet. I've heard the album. Yeah. People you know, like Slippery One Wet. That's Because that has Living on a Prayer and Wanted Dead or Alive, I think. And I think it has You Give Love a Bad Name, too. Yes, it does. Which, Wanted Dead or Alive does have the coolest intro ever. Yeah. Rivaled only by uh, Foreplay by Boston. Oh, yeah. Dude, we gotta talk about Boston. Sometime. Yeah, both of those. Oh, that, that that acoustic intro, man, is so good. Yeah, it was it was definitely one of those songs that like if you got an acoustic guitar and you looked up like top acoustic guitar songs to learn, that was on the list. Absolutely, it was hundred percent. Yeah, and then like they had Living on a Prayer in Guitar World Tour. Yeah, which I played. Um, Mall Cop <laughs> uh, uses Runaway yeah. in a scene that. I always think of whenever I hear that song. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, dude, it's just... I don't know. I, I never go see them live, definitely. Mm. You know? I would probably only see them live if they were opening for someone else. Uh, so if you're, like, forced to. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, well, I know... So I, I know people, uh, specifically... Um, my mom and then uh, my my other mom, bonus mom Amber, that are both really into Bon Jovi, or at least were really into Bon Jovi at some point. Um, specifically, the phase of their careers where they sort of transitioned to more—I don't even want to say country rock—but if you listen to oh, what's the song? Uh, Who says you can't go home? by Bon Jovi. That is a country rock song, uh, if I've ever heard one. And what's weird is that seems to be the trend for like a lot of a lot of artists as they as they get older, specifically like rock artists. Um, like there's just something about country music that rides the line of like rock and easy accessible pop, you know, with like big choruses and catchy melodies and stuff and Courses that you can sing along to. And, like, obviously not every band from the 80s has done that. Like, um, I don't know, Metallica never really did that fully. Like, the only times that they ever did Mama was... said. There you go. So. Now. <laughs> yeah, like, you, like the covers, you know, turn the page and shit. Yeah. And I, yeah, but... Bon Jovi was one of the biggest bands when I was growing up that really did that. Cause like I said, my mom was a huge fan. She got the CD, uh, have a, have a nice day that had, um, it's my life on it. 
And like, it's my life isn't very like country rock, but I don't know. It kind of, it kind of was like. Sounds like a boy. Like I, hear, I can hear like the Backstreet Boys doing that. Yeah, me it's too. It's my life. You like like four backup singers, you know? Yeah. I can hear it. It's now whatever. Yeah, I ain't gonna live forever. That's a boy band song. I just wanna live while I'm alive. Also, every what time... a dumb fucking line. I just wanna <laughs> live while I'm alive. What else are you gonna do? You fucking idiot. Sweet. <laughs> That's still being alive. That's true. Yeah. Um, no, but Steve-O really hates Bon Jovi. <laughs> Steve-O? Didn't you go see Steve-O live? I did. I did see Steve-O live. What does he hate about Bon Jovi? What what kind of beef does he have with John? Uh, well, because he grew up like, um, like you know, the 80s, like, uh, like metal dude. Yeah. Like Molly Crew and shit. And I don't know, there's a clip on of, on YouTube of him talking about some of those bands. Mm-hmm. And about how, like, John Bon Jovi was kind of a cunt or something. I, I forget specifically what he did, but he was like, he was like, fuck Bon Jovi. And I was like, oh, damn. Huh. That's a uh, big words. Apparently he's an asshole, but I, I, I don't know. Sure. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if news came out and, like, half of those artists, like, half of musical artists in general are probably huge assholes. Um, just, like, half of real-world people are assholes. So, um... Look to your left, and look to your right. One of those good posture. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) I was gonna say one of the filthy Frank. It is. Oh, look to your left, look to your right. Well, I'll be damned. That's some good posture. (laughs) I was just gonna say one of those people is an asshole. (laughs) Statistically speaking. Come on, well, there's She's... no one to my left, but Vanessa's to my right. There's no one to my right, but Vanessa's on my Vanessa. Vanessa's the asshole. Van... Vanessa's the <laughs> asshole. I mean, technically, from where she's sitting, one of us is on the left and one of us is on the right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Be? Who's it gonna be? <laughs> I'll be the asshole. I'll take the bullet. Um. Anyway, not to get too off topic, but. I don't know, man. I I just I am not here for the countrification of uh, old metal bands, and like I would I would I would say that like at to a certain degree, like Bon Jovi was a hair metal band. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So like I don't know. It's it's just weird. It's weird to see because um, it hasn't really ever happened with any. I would say rock artists nowadays will they won't metal mellow out, but they'll transition to more like pop music you know like then there's like still soft pop um which yeah. was because it's like what you're gonna be 70 out there talking about fucking sex and shit still like right. get out of here man yeah it's it's a little weird like sometimes you're an artist like paul mccartney where you're writing music in your prime that's like not about that sort of stuff you know so you can still like get away with singing it as an adult because like the the music has more substance you know but yeah man i I can't imagine half the pop artists that are around today like performing in their 60s and 70s like still i think it's funny when like metallica plays like whiplash or something now yeah you know talk about trashing hotel rooms it's like no you have kids man (laughs) that's why i don't don't think kill them all really holds off that well no just because it's like it's just it's teenager rock yeah. And you can't be still doing that 
Yeah. In your 60s. Otherwise, it's weird. Yeah. So, like, to a certain degree, I understand why it happens. But it's just... It's just weird to see. Um, but, like, hey, man, if it, if, it, if, it, if it reinvigorates your career, then by all means, switch genres. Uh, even if it's too country, I just think it's funny that so many artists from the 80s specifically, like... Uh, or, like, even the 70s. Like, we were talking, like, Robert Plant did, like, an album with Alison Krauss, who was, like, a... I, I wouldn't even say country, but she's, like, a folk singer. Um, so there's there's plenty of artists that gravitate towards softer music. And I guess if you're used to the guitar, softer music for a while just meant acoustic guitar. And if you still wanted big anthems, you would do country. Um, but, yeah, man. Uh, Runaway, Living Out in Prayer, You Give Love a Bad Name. Um... The song Bed of Roses, the the band Hinder did a cover of, and I remember unironically really liking their cover of Bed of Roses. Um, uh, it's my life. It's my life. <laughs> uh, this is a Borat joke. I still haven't seen Borat. Fuck, dude. <laughs> we gotta, that's gonna be the Vince episode, is, is the weekend Borat and Kingdom Hearts, because I know he wants to do Kingdom Hearts. What, a, what an array. Absolutely. What a weird episode that's going to be. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, I guess I guess speaking of weird, um, Super Mario Odyssey is really fucking weird. If you get down to it, it's just a body swapping game. Yeah. Yeah. You get a magical hat that if you put it on someone else, it lets you control them uh, from the inside out, including but not limited to uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, an onion. A frog. A frog. Uh, a goomba. Um, uh, uh, the, the, the fish. Electricity. You can become electricity. Trees. Yeah. Manhole cover. Taxis. You can be a taxi. Even the word, like M and M and A and R and I and a U O. Yeah. To spell out Mario and New Donk City is how you get a moon. New Donk City. Mario. But Mar damn, oh, it's, such, it's such a good game. Yeah. It was a really good game. Yeah. I. It took me a really long time to play it, but I remember when I... I don't know when I got the game, but I had a Switch, and I had a couple of games already, and I knew for, like, two years leading up to me getting a Switch, I kept telling people... Buying a Switch would be worth it, even if all I bought was the new Mario game and the new Zelda game. And eventually... 100%. I realized that I did not have either of those games. So I think for, like, Christmas or, like, my birthday or whatever, I asked my parents, and I was like, can I get, can I get Super Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild? And they're like, yeah, sure. And I didn't play them for a really long time. I still haven't beat Breath of the Wild, uh, much to this guy's uh, chagrin. Um... I've 100%ed it twice. Yeah, in the time that it's taken me to beat the first... Son of a bitch. Big... <laughs> the elephant boss. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, man. Hey, it's, it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. But uh, I did beat Odyssey, and I think you were there for most I, of I my playthrough. Yeah, we played it together, because I, I controlled the hat. Which, That's yeah, right. the second person can just straight up control the hat. Yeah, which is really cool. Like, when Mario throws it out, you can like control like where it goes yeah um but yeah david helped me beat the game in plenty of plenty of spots um but yeah i think i think donkey 
Dunkey says it best in his in his review of Odyssey. It's it's one of the most inventive games ever, and it's just a testament to Nintendo's creativity when it comes to their IPs. It's like no other company is doing it like Nintendo, and no other company has such an insane like success rate as Nintendo. And it's just like it's like every one of these original IPs are like coming out and they're like making a name for themselves. Like I remember when like Splatoon first got announced. Like I never played Splatoon, but people fucking know Splatoon really well and like the Inklings are like part of it is Nintendo kind of forcing the Inklings like into other games, um like cross promotion and stuff, but they're iconic characters now in their own right. You know, and, like, every time a Mario game comes out and every time a Zelda game comes out, like, people are always talking about it because it always, like, breaks the mold for that franchise. And it's, I don't know, man. It's just so cool to see. And it's even cooler to experience because, like, I don't know about you, but I did not grow up playing Mario or Zelda. Like, I, I did not have... Me either. Uh, ...a home console, like, a Nintendo home console until the Switch. Like, I didn't have a Wii. I didn't have a GameCube. I didn't have an N64... I was a PlayStation guy, and then I was an Xbox guy, and then I was a PlayStation guy again before I finally got the Switch because I was like, well, I need to play, I need to play Pokemon games now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I couldn't even tell you like, oh yeah, it felt like playing Mario sixty four, or it felt like playing Sunshine or Galaxy. That was my first home console Mario game. Uh, so I had no expectations. I just knew that everyone really liked it, and sure enough, it plays like a dream and it's a really fun game and the levels are really inventive and creative and it's just like new mechanic after new mechanic over and over and over again um and it never gets boring like i don't i don't think i was ever really bored of odyssey um honestly i think odyssey sets an unfair expectation for the rest of the series <laughs> yeah because i mean honestly i've i've i have not beaten a lot of marios but i have played a lot of them yeah and Odyssey, like, stands above them mm. easily. Which is really wild. Uh, well, because you played, um, didn't you have uh, Mario I, 64 on the DS? Yes, I had the, that was my first DS game. Oh, really? So I've been playing that game for, like, like over half my life. Yeah. And um, that one's really good, too. Like, yeah, 64 DS, um, mm. if only you didn't have to play it with a D-pad, but, you know. Right. Whatever. Um, and then I later beat uh, 3D Land not too long ago. Oh, yeah, and Bowser's Fury. I didn't, I didn't do... I mean, I started it, but... Uh, oh, because that was Josh's, right? Yeah. I am... Um, it's funny you say that, because one of my first games on the Game Boy was uh, the repackaging of Super Mario 2, um, which I figure what they called it on the, on the Game Boy, but it was, yeah... It was it was Super Mario two and you had to play as like you had your choice of like Mario Luigi Peach or Toad. And, yeah, I had that one too. Yeah, and then it came with the original Super Mario's game or Super Mario game that was like the arcade game where like you had to you know beat the Koopas and kick the shells and everything and yeah yeah man I so that was I that was my first Mario game but I remember yeah people were going crazy for like sixty four and Sunshine and like when Galaxy came out. I don't know, like, in hindsight, like, when I listen to Gusty Gusty Galaxy, or Gusty Gusty Gardens, the soundtrack for that level, um, it brings a tear to my eye, because it's just, like, I don't know, there's, it just, it just encompasses the freedom and the, 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 
the whimsy of Mario so well. Um, I first heard it in Donkey's review of Odyssey, and I thought it was like from an Odyssey game. I, I thought it was from Odyssey, and then there was a channel on YouTube uh, or a YouTuber by the name of Insane in the Rain, I think is his name, and he is a composer and he composes orchestral arrangements of video game music. And there was a, a medley that he did that included the Gusty Gusty Gardens melody and the uh, the instrumental part of it. And the first time I heard that, I, I legit cried. I was like, this is beautiful. And then I saw another YouTube channel called 8-Bit Music Theory do an analysis of why that specific song is like the best Mario song of all time. And it's just, I don't know, it's just really cool. Mario is just really cool. I don't know. I I just it, it it's a very cold take to say that. I I don't think anyone hates Mario. Um, he's one of the most iconic video game characters of all, arguably the most iconic video game character of all time. Um, and it's just cool to see the his parent company continue to treat him with the reverie and respect that he's earned over the years, um, or he's helped earn for the company over the years. So. Um, yeah, man, if you haven't played Mario Odyssey or don't have a Switch, what are you doing? Why are you listening to our podcast? You like when we talk about <laughs> freaking 80s bands? You like when we talk about this, the MCU? Nah, man. You like when we talk about video games. God, that, that ending level is so goddamn hard, though. Like, the darker side of the moon is, like, the final challenge of the game, which I still never beat. I mean, yeah, I yeah, I haven't tried it in, like, years, but... yeah. Yeah, man. That was a fun game. Um, that came out in October 2017, and Zelda was March 2017. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow. Those two games, 100% Switch is worth it alone. Yeah. I, I'd even say alone for Zelda. Yeah. But you throw Odyssey in there too? Shit, man. That's quintessential. Quintessential Nintendo right there. Um, and I feel like you could say that about any system. Like... Oh yeah, get an N64 to play Ocarina of Time and, and Mario 64. Like, get a GameCube to play Wind Waker and, and Sunshine. Yeah. Uh, get a Wii to play, was it Twilight Princess and uh, Galaxy? It's like Twilight every... Princess was GameCube, but it was later put oh. to the Wii. Oh, No, really? the Wii Zelda was Skyward Sword, which is... Uh, People really liked it upon release. Mixed bag. Yeah. I, I heard that on the Switch, it does a lot better. Um, yeah, but, but um, I'm not a big fan of it, mm, to be honest. That's fair. But yeah, man, I mean, we got we got Breath of the Wild 2 coming out. Uh, maybe there's a new Mario game coming out. Yeah, I know. It's going to be like another year before that happens. The goddamn day. Um, I don't care what I'm doing, where I'm working, I am taking a week off when Breath of the Wild 2 comes out. <laughs> I think that's fair. That is, that is only fair. I'm going to lose my shit. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, and that'll be probably its own episode. Uh, it's just Breath of the Wild. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the same... There's another um, There's another thing that it's going to be its own thing when, when it comes out. I'm sure there are going to be multiple episodes that we do that's just like, alright, here is the topic of today, and it's just one thing. Um, but, uh, I don't know. For now... I guess so. We can keep this episode a little bit short because um, the last couple have been really long. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, we we 
have stuff to still figure out and there there will probably be an announcement or two coming out soon in regards to like our upload schedule and, and things like that with all of these exciting things happening in our lives um david getting his new condo and internship um i got a couple of gigs coming up i got a, i'm playing my my first festival in a very long time at the end of july and then um i might i might have some exciting news to share uh soon but we'll we'll, we'll see um yeah everybody be sure to check out our socials and check out yeah, check out Bon Jovi. If if you if you've never listened to Bon Jovi before, play a Mario game. Uh, um, bon Jovi albums ranked coming never, coming never. Um, stay tuned till next week when we'll we'll drop the next <gasps> episode. Um, follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channels. Uh, link in bio on YouTube if you're paying attention. Um, and uh, we will see you in the next one. In the meantime. I have to go help out a camper who's, whose wiener got stuck in a mouse trap that we set in the cafeteria. Um, I mean, you know, kids at that age—they're just—they're just so curious. <clears throat> uh, oh, no, it's funny. No. So anyway, uh, bye. Stop. Stop that. Stop it.